Welcome to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist podcast. In this episode, you'll hear manager of youth programs and teacher support, Jasmine Yep-Win, interviewing Corps de Ballet member, Skyla Schrader. This interview was recorded on April 30th, 2017, before a performance of Christopher Wielden's Cinderella. Hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. Good afternoon. Welcome. On behalf of San Francisco Ballet's artistic director and principal choreographer, Helgi Thomason, welcome to today's Meet the Artist interview and today's matinee performance of, whoa, I was going to give you the wrong one, of Cinderella, not Program 8, of Cinderella. Um, today is Sunday, April 30th, 2017. I am your host, Jasmine yep Huynh. I'm the manager of youth programs and teacher support in San Francisco Ballet. So today, um, I am absolutely thrilled to introduce our guest. This is her first Meet the Artist, so I'm really excited that you get to learn a little bit more about her and her passion for dance and some of the roles that she's performing. Um, please help me in welcoming Corps de Ballet member Skyla Schrader. Thank you for having me. So excited. So she just finished class and she's going to be performing today. So look for her on stage in act two. Um, a little bit about her, but you can always Google or use your smartphones to find her full bio and a long list of ballets that she's performed in. So the shortened version is that Skylar was born in New York City. She trained at School of American Ballet. She danced um, one year with Boston Ballet before we were lucky enough to have her come across the country and join us here in San Francisco in 2014. Um, and you've been a member of our core and you've all have probably had a chance to see her on stage in many, many different productions. Um, and we're going to be talking about some of the highlights from this season today. So again, welcome. Thank you. Um, so talk to us a little bit about your early ballet training. Um, obviously in New York City, if you're born and raised there, you have a lot of wonderful places to choose from, SAB being one of them. Um, what inspired you to start dancing or who kind of pushed you um, along your way into the ballet world? Well, um, I actually started not doing ballet, but doing jazz. Um, I just really felt natural with the movement. It was something, I mean, I'm sure you all hear it a lot. Dancers typically start out running around their living room and their parents are like, ah, we need to get them out of the living room. So started in jazz class and became relative, re relatively serious about jazz um, just in terms of, you know, as a kid, extracurricular activities usually happen once or twice, but I wanted to do it every day. Um, my mom didn't know much. Um, she's always like, liked the ballet, been into the arts, but she figured, well, I mean, if you want to progress and improve and, you know, take, do something with this jazz that you're into, why don't you try ballet? Because she, you know, she had researched, it's sort of the foundation for most dance, which is true. So I started ballet, took one class to try to help my jazz, immediately didn't like it, wasn't into it. So, okay, I took a couple weeks, I just, I kept doing jazz, and then I, you know, like most things, I gave it a second chance, and then something happened, and I dropped jazz like that, and next thing I knew, all I wanted to do was ballet. Um, I guess, you know, kids do that. Um, all I wanted to do was ballet, and so my mom had me audition for the School of American Ballet in Manhattan. Um, I was accepted, uh, I was nine years old, I believe, 
And next thing I knew, it wasn't really a conscious decision to, um, to choose a career as a dancer. It was just, I want to dance ballet. This is what I want to do. So I went up through the school um, at SAB, and at some point, probably around high school, which uh, is sort of the time when most professional dancers or uh, students looking to become professional dancers need to make sort of logistic life decisions, you know, changing a high school or just um, sometimes moving away from home at a very young age, um, that's really when when you sort of decide, okay, this is, this is going to be what I'm going to do, not only what I love, which I think we're all really lucky here to say are the same thing. So, yeah. Wow. So um, if you have young children running around the living room, ballet. Get them into ballet class. <laughs> if they're taking jazz, get them into ballet class. <laughs> Um, so you've been um, with our company for um, since 2014. Um, what are some of the most memorable moments that you have here in the Opera House um, in the last few seasons? I'm trying to think. I think the first thing that I performed actually here, my first season was Serenade, Balanchine Serenade, I believe, which is really special for me, um, coming from School of American Ballet, which my training was based in Balanchine. Um, it was really, it's something, it's a really magical ballet for those of you who haven't seen it. Um, and it really made me feel so lucky to be a part of uh, the core and the community here at um, SFB because it's one ballet uh, that the core, like, I mean, like, like in many, but the core is really vital in creating um, sort of the aura and the ambiance of the ballet. And also, I mean, it's just a lot of fun to do. So that was really fun for me. My first season, um, I'm trying to think. This, uh, this season, we revisited uh, Pop Hearts, which is Bill Forsyth's uh, work on the company that he did last season. Um, so I was really fortunate to be able to be a part of that. Um, was really interesting to do this season as well. Um, Frankenstein was really an interesting production for us. It was a huge undertaking as the productions, the sets, the costumes are just really extravagant. Um, but it was really, I'd say it was a really sort of different process for a lot of the corps de ballet as we had a lot of different parts that were very theatrical. Um, so we got to change from being a laboratory assistant to a housemaid to a party guest, all in a very dramatic way, which was cool. Um, and what else? Okay, let me think. I've done so much. Okay, the Balanchine program also was so much fun. And um, now, now we're, yeah? And, right, we did the Prodigal Son in the Balanchine program. Um, and now closing out our season with Cinderella is definitely a nice way to wrap it up, I'd say. Um, he, he mentioned the um, Prodigal Son, which was uh, sandwiched between two wonderful other Balanchine ballets that you were a part of. Um, and you had mentioned that it really brought you back to some of your early training and being able to um, revisit uh, Stravinsky's Violin Concerto in a different way. Um, how is that process going from 
revisiting something that you're sort of familiar with, but seeing it in a different way, working with a different company, working with different um, ballet masters, and then, and then bringing it here to the audiences on stage. What do you love most about that type of process and then um, that piece specifically? Yeah, well, actually, growing up, um, watching many of the Balanchine Ballets, Stravinsky Violin Concerto is really, really special. Um, the music is so unbelievable. Um, what's really interesting about that piece is the process of learning it with uh, my coworkers and the ballet masters, because if you just sit down and listen to that music, it is really, really difficult. Um, it's got some crazy counts going on, so normally... Um, in ballets, we have eights or we have sixes. Um, but in Stravinsky, I remember there's one part, it's like a five and it's 11, it's a slow four, and then it's two eights, and then there's a pause, and then it's a three. So everybody has to know that. Um, and it's really cool at the end of that process, you feel like you have this secret handshake with all your coworkers because nobody else knows all of the sort of mental work that goes into rehearsing this ballet. Um, and when you do it, you really achieve it on stage, not only the movement dynamics that the music really sort of asks for, because it's, um, it's so beautiful, but um, the counts and the ability to make such a cohesive ballet with so many different things going on. So that, for me, was something that I don't think I really appreciated as a student. Um, I really wanted to do the ballet, and I loved the Balanchine aesthetic that goes into it, but that's something that, as a professional, and especially in this company, um, has just added an extra layer of my appreciation for that ballet. So, yeah. Um, you mentioned two other works that, that you're really excited and, and felt was memorable experiences, so I'm going to do a little shameless plug. Um, you can visit page 16 and 17 of your programs to see when you can see Frankenstein next year in the 2018 season, or Bright, Fast, Cool Blue, which is program two and has Serenade. If you didn't see it, you have a chance still. Um, I was wondering if we could talk a little bit about William Forsythe's Pop Hearts. Uh, you were a part of the process. Um, while it was a piece that he had done before in Europe, it really looks very different here at San Francisco Ballet. Um, what was the process like working with him um, and then kind of revisiting that a second year and, and doing it again this year or this season? Well, this ballet is really interesting. Um, first of all, like you said, it was not an entirely new work, which is sort of rare. It was, um, Bill had decided he wanted to sort of revamp it for San Francisco, for San Francisco Ballet. Um, so when he came originally last season, he decided to keep certain sections and then just delete certain sections and completely change them. Um, so I was fortunate enough to be in the, to end up being in the first cast of the creation process for last season, um, which already was really an honor for me because um, he is just such a, an extremely important choreographer um, and really brilliant. Um, so just to be in the room already, to be chosen, not even as first cast, but second cast was, um, truly just, you know, you can feel his energy and you can learn just by being and just by watching. Um, but then to end up being in the first cast for the actual performances, 
um, was just really interesting because the piece is technically an ensemble piece, um, though there are solos and duets and trios. Um, the whole of the piece really rests on everyone being together, which is something I'm used to being because I'm in the core. Um, but it was a very different way of doing that. So I felt that I could apply a lot of um, what I've learned by being in the corps de ballet to this part that was somewhat of a step out of the corps de ballet, but still in the corps de ballet. Um, and in that way, it was really interesting to form relationships with the people that I was working with in the cast. Um, and I think that what was really cool about it was when a ballet is first being created, there's definitely an emphasis on the creation and how, how we're going to finish it and how, what's going to come of it. And then to revisit something like that, a second season, is really, um, you have a different perspective. I mean, it was already finished. We were just about to perform this ballet as if it was any other ballet. So then to think about it like that, really, I think, I was, I think most of us were able to give it a whole other dimension and bring a lot more to it. Um, so that was really... I mean, it was really an amazing experience for me to work with the dancers in the cast and to work with Bill. Um, I think it challenged me personally and pushed me to learn a lot about um, myself and just about sort of process and ways to work. So, yeah, really happy about that. This, this process that you're talking about, do you enjoy the process um, or do you enjoy the performance more? Or is it both parts different ways? So that's a really interesting question because I feel like growing up, I just wanted to be on stage. I wanted to perform. That was all that I wanted to do. As I'm realizing, or as I'm, you know, working, um, I'm really enjoying the process so much. Um, for me, it's really, um, for, I guess for performances, the process I feel really shows. Um, you, it's not they're not two separate things. They're really attached. Um, but I think I find different joys in each. Um, the process is hard. I mean, we come in every day and we do class and we push our bodies and our minds to the limit, but there's something so amazing about really wanting to do that and, um, passion being in hard work and commitment like that. And then you also get the element of being on stage and really allowing yourself to be free, um, and using the work that you've done in all of this process to just allow you to dance. So I don't know if I could pick one, but, I mean, that's what's really amazing is I don't really have to. Or you have to do both. So I don't know. I like them both. Thanks, Skylar. Um, well, Skylar, I want to make sure that we uh, talk about Cinderella because that's what today's performance is. It's the um, eighth program in our season, and it is a big one. It's a really exciting, beautiful, gorgeous, lush production. Um, by a show of hands, how many of you have not seen this version of Cinderella yet? Ah, okay. This is great. Welcome. You're going to love it. Um, so I, we can't spoil too much of it, but um, there's some really exciting parts that I, I want to talk about a little bit more. Um, beautiful score, Prokofiev. Uh, Christopher Wielden choreographed this um, in 2013 is when we premiered it, and it's been in our season twice, 2013 and then 2014 when you were with us. Um, and it was a, a co-production with the Dutch National Ballet. And uh, it's been... Um, 
a really well-received program that audiences has loved, and there's some magic involved in it. Um, and you perform the role of Spring. Um, today you're... Courtier, yes. Courtier today. Uh, and then you also are a cloak helper. Very important. So I want to talk about this cloak helper a little bit. Um, in the end of Act One, ballet magic happens on stage. Um, the version of Christopher Wilden's Cinderella is a little bit darker than, say, Disney's animated film. Uh, there's no fairy godmother. There are four fates. There's no pumpkin, but there is a gorgeous golden carriage. Um, and instead of fairies uh, or fairy godmothers, we have spring, autumn, fall, and summer. Uh, so cloak helpers, how does that all happen on stage at the end of act one? What can the audience kind of look for as this magic happens um, or kind of don't look for these details if you just want to be caught up in it? <laughs> Um, well, this is, I think this is really interesting, actually, because when I first joined the company, um, I wasn't here when Cinderella was originally choreographed. So all of this, um, the production values of this, of this Cinderella, were, it was all new to me. Um, so I saw, you know, my name on, on the casting, Cloak Helper. What could that mean? So what it is, is all of our scenery, our productions, we have like an amazing crew and stagehands that do so much. In this production, we actually, they still do a lot, don't get me wrong. But in this production, we actually have dancers that are pretty much doing some minor, well, minor stagehand work on stage while the show is going on. Um, so you can't see them because we're all wearing ninja suits. I, they're not really ninja suits, they're black unitards, but we all look like ninjas. Anyway, so um, at any given time, you have probably 10 or so dancers backstage in these ninja suits, and we all have different responsibilities. So at the beginning of the first act, um, there is this magical tree in the back of the stage. It's small. Um, anyway, the tree seems to have magic. It's still magical, but there are dancers in ninja suits behind the tree that are helping the magic happen. Um, at the end of the end, of course, there, there are a bunch of other little aspects of the, of the first act, especially where there are nondescript dancers helping all of the scenery do their thing. Um, at the end of the first act in the carriage scene, uh, there's a moment where Cinderella runs around the stage and then she's lifted. Um, and the scene is supposed to reflect her in the carriage going to the ball. Um, now, it's really beautiful the way that the carriage is created. It's actually, she has a long uh, train. It's like a skirt, and we call it a cloak. And so when she's lifted by two dancers in ninja suits, um, the cloak um, forms this really beautiful sort of like... I guess it sort of balloons above her and it form, looks like a carriage. Um, now, there are two cloak helpers that are really in charge of her cape. And what we have to do is we have to come out from behind the tree and we have to essentially organize her cloak for her um, so that she's ready to um, hold it and place it in a way that it makes the perfect um, shape for the carriage. So our responsibility really is to prepare the cloak for that carriage shape. Uh, we only have like 
six counts to do this and we're in the dark and there's like dry ice on stage. So we're really, you have to be really focused. You have to spot where there's, we have certain handles on the cloak where we have to um, grab them right away and give them to the Cinderella, all very smooth and stealthily because none of you are really supposed to know this. Um, And so all of that we have to do. And it's interesting because Cloak Helper is not a dancing role. It's not anything that you have to be um, prepared for physically, but you have to be really focused because it's, you know, preparing for a moment that is really essential to the ballet. So um, there's a bunch of that happening in the first act, and I think that's what makes this production really unique um, is really sort of the manual um, sort of you know, production work that the dancers do in addition to all their dancing roles because um, almost almost everyone who does any of the ninja suit roles is about to go into either a season or a courtier or um, any, of the, any of the other roles, really, we can do. So it's very interesting. Cloak helpers. Everyone okay. needs a cloak helper. Um, while this is happening, there's also um, other dancers in, in ninja suits who are um, wheels and horses and just really bringing this, this gorgeous um, carriage to life. So it's not only making sure that you're finding the handle and getting right, but that everyone is is kind of mindful of where they are to create this amazing moment that that it's this really I think it's really interesting it's the idea of the dancers really bringing the production like giving it breath and it sort of being a living scenery essentially which is really cool I love that you just said breath because that happens with all of the puppets, the, the small tree. Um, you know, the dancers have to bring breath into this tree um, that eventually becomes a very large, massive tree that um, our crew brings to life backstage. So that's really exciting. Um, let's talk about the seasons because you, uh, last night, uh, you were spring. Um, and so, wonderful piece. Uh, what, what is it like to perform that? And, and, and the music is so lush and gorgeous and fun. Uh, the seasons are really interesting um, because Christopher Wilden's choreography really brings out, I think it um, matches the music perfectly. I mean, you have the costumes. Um, for spring, we have green wigs. Um, I have green makeup. I have a green costume. And when you walk out on stage... Immediately, the conductor goes, and you have not even one count to get ready to prepare yourself for the dance. You just go right away. And all of a sudden, you're sort of transported into this real essence of spring. And I think that each of the four seasons really does that in the choreography, the costumes, um, and the music to really create that sort of um, aura that Cinderella, that is sort of preparing Cinderella for this magical. Um, adventure that she's going to have. Um, so I think it's, I don't know, it's, it's really fun to be part of the seasons. Um, we each do our own um, little divertissement, our own little dance, and we all come out at the end in a big whirlwind in a finale um, that sort of sweeps Cinderella. Um, so it's cool. It's, it's definitely fun. It's really fun to do. Yeah. And, and each season gives a gift um, or teaches her a specific um, 
type of way of moving and dancing. Uh, so she is ready to go to the ball, really, um, and looking for the different... Um, I love when the colors change with each of your costumes and your wigs and your makeup, but also the, the scenes as, or the sets as well. So it's really, really great. Um, anything else about Cinderella that um, the audience should really look for um, or maybe your favorite part as an audience member of Cinderella? So my, fa- my personal favorite characters um, or moments of my favorite characters, I really love the stepmother. I think she's really funny. Uh, something about this production is it really has that element of comedy in it. Um, for adults and also for children, there's a whole range. But um, in the second act, the stepmom does a really funny solo. Um, it's a funny dance. And I think that it's, it's really interesting because it definitely lightens the whole mood um, of the ballroom scene. At the same time, Christopher Wielden is able to really put that element of acting and drama into a solo that the stepmom does that is still physically demanding. Um, and, you mean, she, she doesn't only have to act, she has to do this acting with a martini glass and dance with point shoes on and with everyone watching and... So I think that that part is really interesting, and the stepsisters as well um, are really great. Um, it's just, it's fun. It's really fun to watch. A lot of uh, character development with the relationships on stage and um, things that aren't always in Cinderella that we get a chance to see here with um, the characters developing relationships. Um, we have a little bit of time before she has to run backstage and get into costume and makeup um, and hair. So I want to open it up to audience questions. So if you do have a question, um, or comment, please keep them brief and short so that we can get to as many as possible. Yes, yes sir. On, on a day of a performance, either a matinee or evening, and your body feels tired, how do you deal with that? <laughs> Very good question. Um, I think every dancer at this point has their own system and their own um, sort of formula for how to, how to do it, how to handle your body and how to really make it performance ready. Um, it really depends at what point during the performing season we're at. Um, at this point, we're at program eight. So um, we've done a lot of performances in the past couple of months. Um, the Corps of Ballet especially um, is on stage every, pretty much every single night, usually doing different choreography, um, rehearsing during the day, always taking class in the morning. Um, so it's hard. It is hard to really not only keep up sort of the maintenance and the health of your body, but to try to um, put yourself, push yourself in a way that each performance is better and you know, give the best performance we can. Um, for me, I think when I get especially tired, it's really important for me to um, be smart about the way that I'm working and really to not do too much. Um, I feel that quality is really more important when you're, you know, when you're tired over quantity. So if that means um, maybe doing a combination only once but doing it really well in class versus, you know, doing it twice, um, or it sometimes that means really taking the time to stretch and to um, do strengthening exercises and roll out your muscles, just taking time and being smart about um, what you need, because although we do have a, a schedule that's set up for us, class and rehearsals that should really maintain our body, uh, sometimes it takes a little bit of 
your own sort of diagnosis in a way, um, just to really pace yourself, I think, is the key. So I see hands going up, but unfortunately, we are out of time. Um, She does have to get backstage, and so um, unfortunately, we have to cut this short. But please visit our website to learn more about Skyla and the rest of our dancers in the company. Um, Thank you so much from everyone behind the scenes, in the pit, in the orchestra, um, on the stage. Thank you for supporting San Francisco Ballet. Ladies and gentlemen, Skyla. Enjoy the show. Thanks for listening to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist podcast. For more podcasts, educational programming, or other information, please check out sfballet.org.